Hi folks, this is Moggs checking in with you and welcoming you to another episode of Moggs Musings. Memorial Day is rapidly approaching and I thought we might want to visit a few thoughts about that special holiday. For many folks, Memorial Day has become little more than another three-day weekend in which we take picnics, hit the golf course, or just party with friends and have barbecues. Sadly, the real significance of Memorial Day is often forgotten amidst the busyness and the enjoyment of the holiday. We forget, or perhaps we choose not to remember. For Memorial Day is a day not to celebrate, but to remember. It is a day to commemorate death the deaths of those who have gone before us to defend us and those who have died to protect our freedoms. Maybe that's why we choose to forget, because death hurts. It brings sadness and is sobering by its nature. Yet, intuitively, there is a sense that it is important to each one of us that we remember and commemorate the sacrifices of others, of their very lives, so that we may possess lives of liberty and security. In a very real way, it sanctifies their sacrifice of life. To remember and sanctify the loss of life, particularly in the battle for freedom and safety, can be found many times in the Old Testament scriptures. The Israelites would stack stone upon stone to form an altar commemorating their victory provided by God's hand and purchased by the death of their fellow soldiers. Even in victory, the loss of life, sacrificed for others, was mourned and honored, set in stone, signifying eternal memory. Today we call this recollection Memorial Day, but it wasn't always called this. It originally was called Decoration Day, and it dates back to the time of the Civil War when it is said that a group of freed slaves coming upon a mass grave of 257 Union soldiers placed flowers upon the grave in commemoration for their bravery and sacrificial deaths. It was an expression by them of honor and gratitude, one which we are well advised to carry on even in today's busy times. As most people know, though I hate to assume too much these days, Memorial Day is the last day of May, and it's to commemorate those who have died in our country's wars while Veterans Day, celebrated on November 11th, is to honor everyone who serves or has served in defense of our country. Memorial Day in the United States dates back to the Civil War days, a war that claimed the lives of more than 550,000 persons over the course of the four years between 1861 and 1865. Even during that time, people began the tradition of placing flowers 
over the graves of fallen soldiers. After the war, in 1866, the city of Waterloo, New York, that some regard as the birthplace of Memorial Day, these folks came together to decorate graves with flowers and flags and close their businesses to observe and honor those who had died in the Civil War. It was reportedly uh, initiated by a local pharmacist by the name of Henry Wells. In the same year, 1866, Mary Ann Williams of the Ladies' Memorial Association of Columbus called for a national holiday to honor those who had died in the Civil War. It wasn't until two years later, though, that John A. Logan, who was a former Civil War general and subsequent founder of an organization of war veterans, he suggested that on each May 30th, a memorial would be made throughout the nation called Decoration Day, which it subsequently became known as. May 30th was reportedly chosen because the flowers blooming throughout the country at that time of the year were most prevalent. After World War I, though, Decoration Day was expanded to include those killed during that war, and after World War II, the name was changed to Memorial Day to honor all those who had died in all wars of the United States. In 1971, the United States Congress established Memorial Day as a federal holiday to be observed the last Monday of May. It is sobering to think of the number of people who have died defending our country's freedoms and liberties. In the Civil War, it is estimated that there were over 620,000 fatalities. World War II recorded 405,000 utilities. World War I, 116,000. Vietnam War, 58,000. Korean War, 36,000. And on it goes. Totaling them all up goes to almost a million and a half men and women of the United States died defending her freedoms and liberties and their safety for all of us. I've never been to Arlington National Cemetery, but I have visited personally an Allied military cemetery for World War II in northern Italy, where those less famous lay beneath row after row after row of white crosses. It's very sobering and very sad. But numbers alone do not tell the real story of the pain of loss and grief of the spouses and parents of those who died in a far-off land while defending us. We try to remember by fashioning icons and symbols and traditions to cause us to refocus on concepts or events that are important to us. And one of the interesting things or icons that I thought might be worth mentioning is that of the symbol of the red poppy. It has been estimated that 
World War I from 1914 to 1918 resulted in the deaths of some 8.5 million combatants from all countries dying from injuries or disease. The landscapes of the European battlefields were said to have demonstrated the ravages of war in the devastation of fields, blown up trees, bloody trenches, and quickly dug graves. It was during that time, in the spring of 1915, that young Lieutenant Colonel John McRae, a Canadian brigade surgeon for an Allied artillery unit, noticed a cluster of red poppies emerging from the scarred, blood-purchased soil and wrote the poem In Flanders Fields, which shared the voices of the dead that lay buried beneath those red poppies now breaking through the war-ravaged land. The poem rapidly became a popular, iconic symbol of the tragedy of lives sacrificed for the cause of freedom from tyranny. And it is still read today in Memorial Day services, remembering those who have died. I'll read it for you. It's entitled, In Flanders Fields. In Flanders Fields the poppies blow beneath the crosses row on row that mark our place In the sky, the lark still bravely singing, flies scarcely heard amid the guns below. We are the dead. Short days ago we lived, felt dawn, saw sunset glow, loved and were loved, and now we lie in Flanders' fields. Take up our quarrel with the foe. To you from feeling hands we throw the torch, Be yours to hold high. If ye break faith with us who die, we shall not sleep, though poppies grow in Flanders' fields. (laughs) Inspired by the poem, a woman in America named Moina Michael, a professor at the University of Georgia, she was taking a leave of absence to volunteer at the Young Women's Christian Association and she decided to wear a red poppy to remember the sacrifices of soldiers upon the bloodied fields of Europe in World War I. The American Legion, a veterans' organization, supported her efforts, and as the idea caught on, people not only in America but across the European world then and still now wear the red poppy as an emblem of remembrance of those who have died defending their country. They were sold, and the proceeds given to the veterans in need. Now, in the Allied countries of Europe, Remembrance Day or Armistice Day and the Red Poppy are celebrated on November 11th, which coincides with the date that the armistice was signed during World War I. While in America, we celebrate it during Memorial Day um, in May. Another symbol that we honor during Memorial Day is the United States flag. There is a great deal of flag-waving on Memorial Day, to be sure. But do we remember what it actually represents? Why do we feel so strongly that it should be respected? 
The symbolism contained within the design of the United States flag demonstrates many concepts. The white is said to signify purity. The blue is said to represent justice. However, on Memorial Day, it seems to be the stripes of red that speak the loudest to us, for they represent the valor and the blood that has been shed by those who defend our liberties and ensure our safety. It is only right and proper that every citizen remember and honor those who have died fighting for these precious freedoms. That is why many Americans are so offended when one chooses to desecrate the American flag, for it dishonors those who have sacrificially died for the cause of every person. To take a step uh, in thoughtful reflection, one might ask, so what value is there in remembering the dead? They are gone. They live no more. So what are we really accomplishing? Well, I'd like to offer several thoughts. The first is that remembering reaffirms and reestablishes essential values, values of life, liberty, sacrifice, courage. It recalls to us some of the values that we hold most dear, and it causes us to re-examine those in our own lives and the lives of others. A second important thing to remember, I think, is that remembering resensitizes one to the pain and the suffering of others, their loss, and it teaches us to empathize with compassion to not only those who have lost loved ones during the wars, but those who have suffered in many other ways. And it builds into our hearts and our minds and our souls this empathy towards others of misfortune. A third thing is that I think remembering revisits the lessons of the past, a history that contains the tragic mistakes of humanity from which to learn to live more wisely in the present and the future. The history contains great lessons. And the fourth, by remembering, one is honoring those who died to defend our freedoms and those freedoms of their family and friends and for each of us who still live. I read a recent poll not long ago that revealed a declining faith in both religion and patriotism among Americans' citizens. I wonder aloud, have these folks forgotten, or do they just not care any longer about these values? But it's important to note that in the case of patriotism, at least, it's not an allegiance to any specific government but rather an allegiance to the Republic of the people of the United States, for it is their freedom and their safety that is most precious. That's what patriotism is. It's fighting to protect individual freedoms and safety for our family, our friends, and our future. That is why it's worth dying for, for those whom we love and hold dear. But we must preserve the memory in order to preserve our freedom and our security. I think it was President Reagan who once said something to the effect that freedom is only one generation away from tyranny. Freedom 
is only one generation away from tyranny. That's worth remembering for all of us. Now, there are different ways to commemorate Memorial Day. Uh, You may have your own, but one way is that it's tradition that United States president or vice president usually attends a Memorial Day ceremony at the Arlington National Cemetery and places a wreath over the tomb of the unknown soldier. You can watch television broadcasting of the Memorial Day ceremony or the subsequent performance of the National Symphony Orchestra on the front lawn of Congress that plays a lot of patriotic music. Other traditions that people do is that some will practice a moment of silence at 3 p.m., the day of Memorial Day, according to that tradition. We mentioned that some will wear a silk or artificial red poppy in remembrance of those who have died. Uh, As I was a kid, we'd visit the cemetery, or some might visit a military cemetery and decorate the graves of veterans with flowers or flags. Another, especially in regards to remembering, is to research and remember those within your family and extended family who have served and lost their lives defending our country and record them for posterity. Preserve their photos or any other memorabilia and share their memory with the next generation. The book Band of Brothers, which you may have read by Stephen Ambrose, describes an event in World War II when a young American soldier suffered a fatal wound from a shrapnel injury penetrating his helmet and into his brain. Screaming to be killed in order to seize his searing pain, he soon died in the arms of a fellow soldier. After his death, A close buddy reflected on those American citizens living safe and secure lives in the security of their homes on the mainland. And he wrote these sad and piercing words of his friend. He wasn't 20 years old. He hadn't begun to live. And we wondered if the people back home would ever know what it cost the soldiers in terror and hideous, agonizing deaths to win the war. Can we choose to remember, or are we too preoccupied or too calloused to care? I, for one, am going to try to approach this Memorial Day with not only a sense of remembrance, but a sense of reverence for those who have died for our freedom and safety. As a means of doing so, I want to share the following letter written during the Civil War by Major Ballou of the Union Army to his wife Sarah a week before the Battle of Bull Run, July 14, 1861. They had been married only six years, and these powerful words reach out to me and stir my soul. It begins... My very dear Sarah, the indications are very strong that we shall move in a few days, perhaps tomorrow. Lest I should not be able to write again, I feel impelled to write a few lines that may fall under your eye when I shall be no more. 
I have no misgivings about or lack of confidence in the cause in which I am engaged, and my courage does not halt or falter. I know how strongly American civilization now leans on the triumph of the government and how great a debt we owe to those who went before us through the blood and suffering of the revolution. And I am willing, perfectly willing, to lay down all my joys in this life to help maintain this government and to pay that debt. Sarah, my love for you is deathless. It seems to bind me with mighty cables that nothing but omnipotence could break. And yet my love for country comes over me like a strong wind and bears me irresistibly on with all these chains to the battlefield. The memories of all the blissful moments I have spent with you come creeping over me, and I feel most deeply grateful to God and you that I have enjoyed them so long and how hard it is for me to give them up and burn to ashes the hopes of future years when, God willing, we might still have lived and loved together and seen our sons grown up to honorable manhood around us. If I do not return, my dear Sarah, never forget how much I love you, and when my last breath escapes me on the battlefield, it will whisper your name. Forgive my many faults and the many pains I have caused you. How thoughtless, how foolish I have oftentimes been. O oh Sarah, if the dead can come back to this earth and flit unseen around those they loved, I shall always be near you in the gladdest day and in the darkest night, amidst your happiest scenes and gloomiest hours, always, always. And if there be a soft breeze upon your cheek, it shall be my breath, or the cool air cools your throbbing temple, it shall be my spirit passing by. Sarah, do not mourn me dead. Think I am gone, and wait for me, for we shall meet again. Sullivan Major Ballou was killed one week later at the first battle of Bull Run. I wonder, don't you, if he did indeed utter Sarah's name as he lay dying on the battlefield. I don't think there's anything else that needs to be said. Let us all commemorate and honor those who have died for our freedoms this Memorial Day. Godspeed, Moggs. <laughs>